The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. And as you can hear, one of us has gotten their shit together. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me on uh, Instagram at CB Caps. And the sound effects you are hearing are provided by none other than our man in Brooklyn, uh, one agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We are back, still in quarantine. We are indeed, yes, and we apparently um, may end up having be having some uh, new books in uh, probably another week or two, from what it sounds like, which I'm slightly bummed about. But nevertheless, we will get to that when we talk about the news. Um, not with us tonight. PCN, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, Pop Culture Network and all those umbrella sites they're in. Also. Uh, the Vine Alternative Byte, B-Y-T-E, under the name Comic Reviews No Vowels. Uh, also not with us tonight is the Osiris of this ish. One, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. C-B Cron on Twitter, that is the C-B, uh, uh, the Succumbo Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Also, the uh, Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, also... Uh, comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. And you can find this here program on the Coast of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this program at your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple, uh, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Um, and, uh, yeah, guess what, folks? You know what? I forgot to ask what we were going to do. We were, were, were going to do, you know what? Audible. Um, we're going to do news first. And okay. then we'll hit, uh, hit, uh, Annihilation. No Which problem. Which topic of tonight? It's all good. While I sit here and, you know what? I will do this in a second. Because I forgot to do the, the, the um... The tweets. That's fine. We're going to work this out. So let's get into the news. All right. Here we go into the news. And we start off as we tend to do um, about this time with the cinematic news. Starting off. Uh, James Gunn shares details about his insane spy versus spy scripts. So, 
apparently not only did he have a Scooby-Doo script for, uh, somewhere in his pocket, he had a Spy vs. Spy one. Um, and apparently, not only that, I guess, there's a Spy vs. Spy movie that is actually in pro production, sounds like. And that this is the reason why he decided to share this uh, his script idea. Um, so yeah, it's, da, 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 da. Guns Revelation came after screenwriter and author Brian Lynch retweeted a post about the director Rawson Marshall Thurber possibly directing a new Spy vs. Spy film. Okay, Lynch uh, mentioned uh, an old screenplay from 1999 where Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans were supply. <laughs> We're supposed to play the spies. If you know anything about um, Spy vs. Spy, that little notion right there in itself is um, kind of amusing, sort of, sort of. Uh, anyway, uh, I believe I wrote that screenplay Gun wrote on Twitter. Jay Roach was attached to direct. Um, I wrote it more thinking Nick Cage and Eddie Murphy, which that's another pairing. Never heard of this pairing. Uh, I guess he's talking about the, the Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans one. Script was outrageous and never made, was and never made, but it's what got me most of the studio work that followed and why Warner, the Warners asked me to do Scooby-Doo. So there you go. So I guess, yeah, it's in his transition from uh, his previous uh, directing uh, career to directing Hollywood films, this is the road he went down. Next up... Hey, you got to pay those bills. Word. All right, next up, professional wrestler and current WWE Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, real name Rebecca Quinn, has reportedly boarded an upcoming Marvel movie. This report comes courtesy of Chris Tapley, a former variety reporter and the host of Netflix's The Call Sheet podcast. On Twitter, Tapley quote tweeted a promotional video announcing that Lynch had joined the cast of the Showtime drama series Billions. That's something that I've been meaning to add to my uh, binge watch list. Wrote Tapley, Becky Lynch grabbing Hollywood's eye. Psst, in parentheses, she's also in a certain upcoming Marvel movie. So that's an interesting bit of news. Yeah, if it is indeed, um, if it indeed has some legs, it absolutely is. Which, at this point, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I legit wouldn't. So we'll see if that actually pans out. Uh, next up, Amazon removes New Mutants pre-order option in the U.S. So apparently, um, the original story was that the New Mutants was available for pre-order on Amazon. And for those who wanted a copy of the film, can purchase it in HD or um, or SD. But apparently, it's no longer on order in Amazon. Uh, excuse me, in on Amazon in the US, but it's still on pre-order in the UK, according to this article. So uh, it says the online retailer, uh, the online retailer, cited its agreement with the content provider as the reason for the removal. So it's a content rights thing. Like, okay. Which we haven't even seen that movie in theaters. And so the, the fact that this is, was already still going on was kind of amusing. Absolutely. Next. All right. We were moving on. Yep. All right. Next up. Um, so although new new mutants, the movie has faced a slew of delays and still has no new release date. It hasn't stopped the last of Fox's X-Men movies from continuing its marketing campaign. 
Um, new images from the movie show off visual effects and a closer look at the villainous demon bear in the latest issue of Cineflex uh, magazine. So, uh, you know, for uh, folks who subscribe to that or are able to uh, uh, get that digitally, uh, take a look. That's where you can find some of these images. Yeah. Um, which actually brings up, I guess, I wonder if we're going to have time to actually read uh, New Mutants or Demon Bear before we get new comic books again. But we'll, we'll worry about that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll worry about that. I mean, if, what I was going to say is if we choose to, we can just, because it's just the one, uh, I guess what you would want to do is cover the original graphic novel and then maybe the first, exactly. I got you. I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, all right, all right. That's interesting. That's an interesting talk about behind the scenes uh, conversations here on uh, on the show, folks. We're trying to figure out what we're going to be doing as uh, topics before we uh, start getting new books back in. So, uh, you know, stay stay tuned for uh, further developments. Yeah, and maybe possibly a way to fold us still continue to do the stuff even when new comics come in. But that's just something that's logistics we have to work out at some point. Um, until then, we're moving on to Marvel Studios developing an Iron... Well, excuse me, this is a report that Marvel Studios is developing an Ironheart Disney Plus series. And I personally would welcome that, if that's the case. Um, a new report states that uh, Marvel Studios is developing a Disney Plus series starring Ironheart, who at one time played, uh, replaced Iron Man in the comics. According to the Cinema Spot, Marvel Studios has not attached a showrunner to the project. Uh, though the studio has been accepting pitches. The site reports uh, a target date for its for shooting is uh, expected to fall sometime next year, though that can change with the ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic disrupting the entertainment industry. There you go. Next. Yeah. Oh, and some sad news, and this is awful. Mm. ABC revealed that Marvel TV art director Matteo DeCosmo has died from complications arising from the coronavirus. The prolific art director passed away on April 21st in New York City, though his death was only formally announced on May 1st. He was only 52 years old. Before the Hollywood shutdown, uh, DeCosmo had worked on the Delroy Lindo-led drama pilot Harlem's Kitchen for ABC. DeCosmo was also known for his work on many Marvel television series such as Luke Cage and The Punisher. Other television shows he worked on included Emergence, The Affair, Madam Secretary, and Wu-Tang, and American Saga. In addition to television, he worked on feature films such as the Oscar-nominated Precious, A Lottery Ticket, and 21 Bridges. Ugh, that's awful, awful news. Yeah, condolences to uh, friends and family. Um, next up, there is a new Star Wars movie coming from Taika Waititi. Uh, it seems. Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah, it seems that the rumors that we heard and have reported here are actually true. Um, Taika Waititi, director of Door Rabbit, like y'all know this, and Jojo Rabbit, and of course some, uh, the work he did on The Mandalorian, uh, will direct and co-write a new Star Wars movie for theatrical release. Uh, Lucasfilm announced Monday. Uh, Waititi will co-write with Academy Award-winning Academy Award nominee Christy Wilson Carnes. 
1917, Last Night in Soho, who received the BAFTA Award for Outstanding British Film of the Year for 1917. Um, so yeah, there you go. And as the aforementioned Thor, um, Thor Love and Thunder and Mandalore, this is the stuff that uh, YTD is working on right now. So cool. Um, right. Cool is that uh, I don't know if you have something in the news about that um, that new Mandalorian documentary. Oh, sh- I don't believe I do. No, but um, All right. The quick heads up yeah, then, for uh, the listeners and the viewers out there. Disney Plus has a Mandalorian uh, documentary that's coming out, I guess, once a week, and um, the first one involves the directors that were assembled. You know, Avenger style by John Favreau and Dave Filoni to work on the Mandalorian, and it's so cool to hear uh, Taika Waititi um, interact. You know, like in a roundtable discussion with these directors as well. Yeah, I've got something that'll probably mention it, but it doesn't necessarily go into it. And yeah, um, just to finish this oh, off, about talk to me, or talk about maybe. Oh no, no, no. The next, the next one will probably mention something about it, but I don't think so. Um, Disney didn't specify a release date for this, the movie. That's pretty much the only other takeaway from this thing. So we'll see how that works. Next up. Yeah, next up. May 4th uh, is known around the world as Star Wars Day. And this year, Disney Plus celebrated May the 4th by giving the streaming service a Star Wars makeover. So, um, you know, they, they released... The Rise of Skywalker on uh, earlier than anticipated uh, in time for May uh, May the 4th. And uh, what I was referring to earlier, this documentary regarding The Mandalorian uh, was also released on May the 4th. Mm-hmm. And the final episode of Clone Wars was released on May the 4th. And I watched two of the three. I did not watch Rise of Skywalker seen it in the theaters i uh, will get around to watching it again at some point <laughs> yeah um yeah uh for may the fourth i had plans to do some stuff and i didn't didn't uh necessarily do that i did however watch um the bulk actually all of uh judy tartowski's um clone war series okay yeah it, this continues to be good stuff even though it's not technically not canon anymore which it should be because it it doesn't make sense that it's not because you get introduced to people that show up in the Clone Wars proper, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that did not get an introduction there. So it's kind of weird. But regardless, yeah, and that stuff is still that they did for uh, the Disney Plus site is still up. Like you see some good um, Ralph McQuarrie art for some of the um, some of the images that they have up. Uh, if you're watching the video, you can see some of them uh, right now as I scroll through them. But yeah. Like it's still up, and you have a decent bus. You can go check it out. It's still up there. Right. Next, and, up. and oh, go ahead. And I was about, to, and I was just going to add as a quick note: both Roddy Cat and myself are rocking Star Wars themed uh, virtual backgrounds. I am in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and uh, Roddy Cat is in the middle of hyperspace. Yep. And that could potentially change in the midst of this program. So stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Exactly. Um, next up. Next up. Star Wars The Clone Wars Sam uh, Whitmer calls Luke and Ahsoka the best Jedi. So if you don't know the name Sam Whitmer, he played uh, Darth Maul in um, in, the, in the Clone Wars. Um, so he was doing a live stream, which he also live streams on Twitch every now and then also. So that's a, that's a treat. Um, but during this live stream, 
uh, Sam Witwer expounded on why he feels that Luke Skywalker is the best Jedi, and Ahsoka shares his best traits. Um, and uh, like I said, I already went through who he has played. Uh, not to go too far into this, but um, he says uh, when it comes to Luke Skywalker, uh, I've said this a million times, but Luke is the Luke uh, is the best character because the you know, y'all have to forgive me right now. I'm trying to. <laughs> Um, the best Jedi is because he doesn't flip his heart. He doesn't flip his lightsaber. Uh, he doesn't pull down Star Detroits out of the sky. Uh, he makes the moral decision. That's why he's the best Jedi. And then he goes on to compare Luke to uh, Ahsoka by saying, Ahsoka Tano is very similar in that way. You know where you, you know she came from. And that's the way, in her own way, humble beginnings. Uh, he continued... When you watch that first Clone Wars thing and she comes off the transport, she's a child, she's a little kid, she has a lot to learn, and she had this great big heart, but impatience, and she was cocky and all that stuff. Uh, we got to take that journey with her, and I love that. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I got to tell you, I am an Ahsoka Tano convert. Mm. And, um, you know, because I am, you know, and, and fans of the show will know, I am not going to lie. I am a late convert to Clone Wars. I remember when Roddy Cat and um, and uh, Tim Dog ninety eight would talk about it on the show, and I'd be like, "What? What is this show that I have to try to catch up on when it was on Disney XD?" But now, thanks to Disney Plus and uh, several um, not so uh, direct ways of watching these things online, let's say. Um, I've been able to watch the entirety of Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I can definitely say that I'm a convert to, uh, I'm a convert to being a, an Ahsoka Tano fan. And uh, I will tell you that before we move on to the next story, that I looked online for Ahsoka Tano action figures, the Star Wars Black Series, and they've all gone up in price because people are snapping them up. Mm -hmm. So, that being the case, we'll move on to, uh, you know, what's next? President Bartlett. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick. Yeah, it's like, I... It took a second. I mean, obviously, because they, they... I think they intentionally kind of came off like, yeah, she's a lot like Anakin when she first walked in, came in, or early Anakin, but then some of that's going to... But she was a little earlier, you know, a little older than that, but yeah, she's one of my favorite characters and has been for a good minute. So I, I, I do love me some Ahsoka. I think I have that figure you're talking about. I was about to say, I, she definitely grew on me. You know, there's two, there's two black star Wars, black figures. There's a young Ahsoka and an older Ahsoka oh, with right. the white lightsabers. Right. That's the one I think I need to get, but yeah, I got the, the, the first one. So gotcha. Gotcha. I was about to say they're both on the expensive side now, kind of annoyed. Mm. Uh, anyway, next up, uh, as President Bartlett said, Netflix orders another extraction movie, giving Chris Hemsworth technically a second comic book film franchise. Mm. Now, I watched this uh, extraction movie on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's yeah. got a lot of action in it. Have you watched it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, because when we talked about it last last week, whatever it was, yeah, I had already watched it. Right. It was actually really good. I was really pleasantly surprised by it, but it's got quality people behind it. It features a South Asian um, uh, cast of characters with uh, Chris Hemsworth thrown in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's actually a story that is based on uh, a book from Oni Press called Ciudad. Mm -hmm. And that's where the comic book um, franchise technically is being drawn from. So that's pretty cool. Um 
Joe Russo himself is returning to write the sequel after adapting the first film from the book. Uh, the deal is closed for me for uh, 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 Joe Russo to write Extraction 2, and he is in the formative stages of what the story can be, Russo told Deadline. They're not committing yet to whether that story goes forward or backward in time. They left a big, loose ending that leaves question marks for the audience. That's cool. That's actually kind of true because there was a point where it didn't seem like it was – even though when I, that part, and you know the part I'm talking about, was that part that seems like, well, they're not doing this anymore of this. But I thought to myself, like, no, there's definitely going to be a, a number or two coming up. And I was talking to somebody I was watching it with at the time. I was like, yeah, they're definitely setting up for it. I was jokingly saying that they were going to set up for a, a two. And while they didn't necessarily do that, they did kind of leave the door open for it. You know, at the, yeah, at the, the door is definitely still left open. So I was like, yeah, I was right. Great. Um, so yeah, the, the Russo's are behind this, uh, Chris Hemsworth, even one David Harbour shows up, which is, um, you know, Red Guardian and also Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, it's Hellboy. Yeah. Hellboy that we refuse to acknowledge. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that is, that, that's the thing that happened already. Yeah, so. it's the Hellboy that we refuse to acknowledge, as Roddy Cat said, he is, uh, the, uh, sheriff, I forget his name, from Stranger Things, and, um... And uh, Red Guardian from the Black Widow movie, we are still waiting to see. Yep. So, yeah. But, yeah, if you haven't, haven't had a chance to check out Extraction and you're like an action uh, flick fan, check it out. It's pretty good. Next up, yep. uh, Borderlands movie. Uh, Kate Blanchett in talks to star as Lilith. And I'm sure uh, Agent 70 will have a sound effect. Oh, you mean who? Exactly. I mean, not Kate Blanchett. Yes. Not <laughs> what I was going to comment was, I swear she's probably overqualified for this movie. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say that I mean, just because it's a video game a, a, a video game based movie. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think I would have never thought about who would play. So I, I'm a fan of the Borderlands series, and I know that character well enough. So I'm like, hmm. That's an interesting call. But if you see her coming off of Hella, sure. I, I very much see it. Right. Um, but yes. Yeah, so That's what I suspect. That's what I suspected when when you went into that description. I was like, you know what? It probably is coming off of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a good call if that if that goes out. And apparently the movie was announced in February 2020, which I don't remember. And with uh, Eli Roth uh, directing, which I guess that one also makes sense. Uh, to produce also along Evie and R. Erod, of some of you who know of uh, Marvel Television, who know those one or two of those names. Um, and of course, Randy Pitchford and Take Two Interactive is executive producing the movie because it's their property. So, yeah. And it looks like uh, Chernobyl's creator, Greg Mazin, is pinning the screenplay. So, yeah, if that all comes together and, and play Kate Ventures uh, in, in, uh, involved. I'm kind of with it. I have to st- still see what the rest of the class is going to look like, but hey, I'm, you know, so far, interested. Next up. All right. Uh, HBO Max will be free for Hulu subscribers with the HBO add-on. So those who subscribe to HBO through Hulu will receive an upgrade to HBO Max when the highly anticipated, really highly anticipated streaming service, that's me editorializing, streaming service launches later this month free of charge. I subscribe to HBO. Will I be getting HBO Max? I think so. Probably so. More than likely. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I have Hulu. I, I don't have the HBO add-on, and I'm kind of wondering if it's even worth it. I mean, it is kind of, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll see. That's neither here nor there. But, hey, for those of you who have that, go for it. Um, stop it. Jeez. Autoplaying stupidity. Uh, to land the Catwoman role in Dark Knight Rises, Anne Hathaway dressed as a very different character. So um, it appears that Anne Hathaway, in her addition to uh, Dark Knight Rises, went into the addition as not Catwoman, but one Harley freaking Quinn. <laughs> uh, well, it says here that the, the, the actress tried her hardest to channel Harley in an in, addition in that ended up being for Catwoman. Um, and it says here, uh, I came in and I had this lovely Vivian, Vivian Westwood kind of thing, uh, but mad tailoring top with stripes going everywhere. Uh, Hathaway said in an interview, and I wore these flat, jokery-looking shoes, and I was trying to give Chris these crazy little smiles. Um, it was only after an hour that Nolan revealed that he was casting for uh, Catwoman, calling for Hathaway to make an abrupt change to her mannerisms while dressed uh, to evoke a completely different character. Um... It says, uh, uh, about an hour into the meeting, he said, uh, well, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but it's Catwoman. Uh, I was shifting into a different gear, and I was shifting into a different gear. Now, okay, we're slinky, we're slinky, uh, and I hate my shirt, I love my shirt, but I hate it right now, we're slinky. So, yeah. I was about to say, she got that wrong. The slinky commercial used to go, slinky, it's slinky, it's such a wonderful toy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> To which, oh, oh no! I don't know. I think about her portrayal of 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 um of a uh, Catwoman, and uh, it was right. you know, it was a little because obviously most people at the time kind of know her from like Princess Diaries and other stuff, and you know, I know at that point she had done a role or two that was a little, you know, a little out of quote unquote boundary right. from what she had done previously. So she, yeah. Yes. So she was basically trying to transition out of that old stuff into the new, you know, showing she could she's got range. But yeah, but it worked out for her anyway. So (laughs) there you go. All right. Next Next up. up, um, Legends Legends of Tomorrow's Gary Green reacts to that doggy surprise. So apparently this is a spoiler. Uh, I'll ring the bell. I mean, I don't watch this, but. (laughs) Rest in peace, Gary Jr. We hardly knew you in Shipbroken, the latest episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Gary Green picked up an emotional support dog from hell. Of course, the dog just so happened to belong to Son of Sam and even talked the notorious serial killer into committing some of his most heinous crimes. Thankfully, John Constantine was able to banish him back to hell, but Gary hasn't given up on emotional support animals. He even got himself a new rabbit he calls Gary Jr. Jr. (laughs) And it was like he may have a bit more luck this time around. Okay. I don't know who this person is, actually. So weird. Um, but okay. Great. Next up, uh, the CW finalizes 2020 Arrowverse season finale dates. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, the CW has officially announced the 2020 fin- uh, season finale dates for its Arrowverse lineup of TV shows. That would be Batwoman, Supergirl, The Flash, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, the network also included the season fan- finale dates of Riverdale Charm, Katie King, Roswell, New Mexico, Nancy Drew, and Dynasty. Wow, wait, Dynasty is 
Okay. Anyway, um, they had to alter the dates because of uh, COVID nineteen. So there you go. And it looks as though the flash will end on in on May twelfth. Batwoman and Supergirl on Sunday, May 17th, and Legends of Tomorrow uh, ends on June the 2nd. If you're keeping score. Next. Ah, in an interesting development, uh, in a promo for this past week's episode of the CW's Batwoman, uh, entitled If You Believe in Me, I'll Believe in You, it finally saw Gabriel Mann's Tommy Elliott suit up as the infamous Batman villain known simply as Hush. Uh, Batwoman has teased Hush's arrival since very early on with the character of Tommy Elliot being introduced all the way back in the series' third episode. So uh, they the viewers caught a glimpse of the Hush costume in last week's 17th episode, and the promo now shows Tommy uh, putting on his comic book counterpart's iconic coat and bandage-style mask to wreak havoc on Gotham City with the local media giving him the nickname of Hush. Okay. Cool. Uh, moving right along. A new Superman, Lex Lois, cast for Man of Tomorrow animated film. Uh, Darren Chris, Zachary Quinto, and Alexandria Daddario will voice the lead characters in an all-new Superman film for Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, first reported by Entertainment Weekly, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, will be a year-one-style take on a familiar mythos, with Clark Kent working as an intern for The Daily Planet while working, learning how to be a hero as Superman outside of that. Interesting. So. I just wanted to add as a quick note to this that... Um uh despite my uh my now lapsed uh guest membership for DC Universe I was able to watch that Justice League Dark movie that basically puts a capper on um the the, the most recent era of DC animated movies mm-hmm. so I guess this is uh DC animated's uh first foray into you know a new direction Right, like they did before with uh, when when they brought uh, Flashpoint in. So, right, this is basically their their third act, I guess one would say. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, next up, uh, I was about to say, do you have something else to add? Nope. Okay. Next up, St- Sylvester Stallone revealed that Demolition Man Two. Oh God, <laughs> is in the works at Warner Brothers. So if you've been hoping for a sequel. So Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes' 1993 action thriller Demolition Man. Uh, guess what? The sequel is in the works on Instagram. Stallone himself revealed the news that he's working on it right now over at Warner Brothers. While answering some questions from fans, he was asked about the potential future of Demolition Man. And that was when he surprisingly dropped the news on Demolition Man 2 saying, I think there is. We're working on it. Wait, wait, wait. I think there is. We're working on it right now with Warner Brothers. It is looking fantastic. So that should come out. That's going to happen. Yeah, so that's the thing that's happening. Uh, yeah, oh, fifty years goodness later. Gracious, man. Goodness gracious! I mean, come on. It's not not that big of a surprise, is it? Like they've been remaking and putting and sequels to stuff that didn't probably necessarily need it for a while now. So why not Demolition Man? It's in its prescience. I've never watched it. 
Really? Yeah. Oh. Never watched. I mean, you should, um, for lack of a Is better it- word, treat yourself. Ha! It's actually not a. I mean, obviously, it's 1993, and it's um, there's some B movie standards probably, but it's not a bad film. It's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. Oh. At this point, it's probably it's probably a little bit more cheesy than it was originally intended, but you know, and it probably was unintentional bitty moments in there. It was quite cheesy then, so yeah. <laughs> Next up. Uh, NBC is the blacklist to use comic book style animation to conclude season uh, production on the seventh season of NBC's the blacklist was suspended due to uh, coronavirus, but Sony pictures TV has figured out to how to complete an episode to serve as the season finale. They used uh, quote unquote graphic novel style animation to complete the story. Um, season seventh, 19th episode, the, the cash and brothers, uh, was halted mid-principal production in New York, where almost all TV production shut down due to COVID-19. Animation will be added to the already filmed live-action scenes to complete the story. So, so there you go. Now, I mean, if you are a Doctor Who fan, especially a deep classic one, you will know that something like this has happened before. Like, they have taken old scripts and, and uh, old, almostly completed uh you know, uh, vocal work and added them to animation and basically have made um, full episodes of it or full and or half episodes of it. So, you know, this is probably the first time in the current, you know, in current uh, production that they've done this as far as I know. So, cool. Next. Spring is here and so are the uh, next up, Funimation has teamed up with NIS America to add more new and classic anime series to its streaming library, including classic series Cardcaptor Sakura. Who? Five <laughs> new series will be streaming from May 5th, while another 14 will be available soon. Funimation's anime streaming library already boasts over 700 titles, including shows like My Hero Academia, Dr. Stone, and classics like Fruits Basket and One Piece. Who? <laughs> I hear good things about Dr. Stone and obviously My Hero, which you you might like. I don't know. I've only seen a couple of episodes, but yeah, check it out if you're a part of that streaming service and that uh concludes the cinematic portion of the news we will transition over into the comic book news with dc renews mike perkins's uh exclusive deal for three more years lois lane artist mike perkins has signed a new three-year exclusive contract with dc a renewal from his original two-year deal from the publisher and uh from uh, from 2018 uh, he says, uh, today is the first day of my new three-year contract with DC Comics, Perkins wrote on Facebook. I've already started on my next book, and it's something I'm hoping, I've been hoping for from before I even came, became a professional. So, good on him. All right, next up, classic Green Lantern creative duo Ron Martz and Daryl Banks are returning to shine the green light on Kyle Rayner's rookie year, like a Kyle Rayner year one. It's been 26 years since Kyle Rayner donned the Green Lantern mantle for the first time, and for thousands of fans, he remains their Green Lantern. Uh, uh, I guess I'm 1001. 
Um, Kyle's rookie year as DC's Emerald Guardian was helmed by writer Ron Martz, then a new face at DC, an artist with the likes of Daryl Banks, direct Donovan, Nay, O'Coin, Jamal Eigel, and legendary inker Romeo Tongal. Shout out to Romeo Tongal, who uh, used to ink uh, George Perez on the new Teen Titans. For the first 12 issues of Kyle stepping into Hal Jordan's boots, he went through an incredible trial by fire with the infamous murder of the refrigerator of his girlfriend, Alex DeWitt, almost being killed himself by Mongol, as well as taking on his power-obsessed predecessor. So that's interesting that they're going to revisit this, and I'm glad to see Daryl Banks back in the mainstream fold. Yeah, I think I do remember the the reading the infamous um, refrigeration. So yeah, me too. After finding out what that was about, I'm like, okay, this is. Uh, I had a yeah. I was about to say one of my um, one of my sweet mates in college was a big DC guy, so I read his stuff. That's that's how um, you know a little bit of behind the scenes, uh, folks. You know, we've been trying to figure out what to cover during the course of. Uh, quarantine before we get new books mm-hmm. and um, i happened to mention that i was reading uh, electric blue superman in real time and it's because of one of my sweet mates in college being a dc guy so um i read his stuff he read my marvel stuff that's how we covered the gamut of the mainstream comics wow. every week <laughs> yeah and we and you know and given the way things are we we may or may not because yeah because we were just starting off doing Know, comic events we thought about doing like first arcs of stuff and you know introductions this that and others the we may still we, we don't know still, a yeah. lot of the stuff is going to be in the uh in the uh the in our pockets yes. for i for show ideas because um you know let's not let's not uh pretend that uh we may you know we, we may see additional uh periods when we can't get comics in the near future so yeah or even when we do you know like i said like i said earlier we will try to see if we can work some more in if, if people want them or sometimes if people don't you know <laughs> anyway you know. um dc welcomes a new costume hero in batman and the outsiders number 12 um actually i'm, I'm not sure wait did it actually come out I feel like this is this is here because it came out, but I know this, there are some. It did, books. it did come out, yeah. The 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 only books that haven't come out that they haven't really talked about in DC are the main Batman and Superman books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders, I believe, was released last week. Um, what was it this week? I forget. Right. Uh, I'm gonna look. No, I think it was last week because I think this week was um, the Flash came out. Was like the main new book. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to check this out in the meantime, but um, well, yeah, I believe says, that yeah, was you're right. It came out this week. Was it this week? Yeah. Because yeah, I scrolled down to the bottom. It says uh, it came out this week. Okay. Yeah. So we won't go too far into this because I'm sure the majority of people have not been able to um, check this out. But if you caught me scrolling through the article, you may already know. Right. Okay. Uh, in some other uh, news from a book that came out this week, uh, Wonder Woman, Agent of Peace number three. Apparently, uh, Diana and Steve Trevor are fishing on a lake, and there's a preview of it available uh, at Newsarama. Mm-hmm. So have fun going there. Yeah, if you want, you can definitely check that out if you want to. For you know, it's a preview; it's not shouldn't be spoiling that much. Um. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, you know, I said earlier we weren't doing this, but we apparently here we are. Uh, Deathstroke joins the DCAU with Batman The Adventure Continues number three. Uh, and there is uh, some preview pages uh, on Newsarama for that, and it is which is also available now digitally. So okay. if you did not know, Batman the, Conti- the Adventure Continues is based in the, the world of uh, Batman the Animated Series, just in comic book form. All right. Uh, next up, Greg Capullo is hard at work on Dark Knight's death metal, and he's posted penciled art of Jonah Hex's unforgettable disfigured face to announce his inclusion. Death metal number three is underway. Capullo tweeted along with a close crop of Jonah Hex's face. Wonderful. There you go. Yeah, and if you're watching the video, you can see um, the the uh, post of that. Uh, let's see. DC Image and more part of Diamond's revised May 20th release schedule. Um, excuse me. Diamond Comic Distributors has proved, provided retailers a revised, finalized list of titles planned or for, to ship for a Wednesday, May 20th on sale. Their target date, quote unquote, um, to resume its distribution services following its uh, coronavirus shutdown. This supersedes a previous list released on April 28th, which, amongst other uh, things, included Marvel titles. Uh, Marvel subsequently announced plans to which we'll get to. to actually, I'll just go ahead and. Uh, well, that's in a couple of things. So, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, there's that. So, there's a revised list. We may be getting new comics on the 20th if all continues to go according to their plan. Next. All right. Uh, in just a bit of symmetry, I don't know why I hear. My... Say again. Check. No, I was about to say I can hear my voice awful. Hmm, I'm not sure. It's weird. So let me just uh, move on. Um, in a weird bit of symmetry, now it's gone. DC Diamond exclusive era appears to end 25 years to the day it began. So. Um, DC's exclusive agreement with Diamond Comic Distributors appears to be functionally at an end, although neither party is saying that directly out loud, exactly 25 years from the day the agreement was first announced. As noted by Comicron this week, not Comic Book Chronicles, DC Diamond jointly announced their indus- their initial industry-rattling, lawsuit-inducing agreement on April 28th, 1995, 25 years to the day before DC began shipping new product through new direct market distributors, Lunar and UCS. That is symmetry for you folks. Yup. Um, and moving right along, uh, DC's, well, just kind of going over some stuff that, um, we've already talked about, but DC's revised June 2020 schedule includes includes uh, DC's this Dead Planted. Oh Lord, why I cannot speak tonight? What is going on? DC's Dead Planet, um, Catwoman, Joker, and Green Lantern specials, and more. So DC has rolled out their revised June 2020 release schedule, including the new release date for their summer event, Dark Knight Start Death Metal. Uh, the major issues in this new schedule besides death metal is the twice twice monthly Batman returning as well as their anniversary anthologies for the Joker Catwoman and Green Lantern. Uh, in addition, the scheduling of deceased death planted, 
Planet Number 1, originally solicited for June 10th, now scheduled for June 30th, confirms that DC may soon have to solicit new titles for July and August shipping. So yeah, it's got a lot of uh, shuffling that's going to be done between now and June. Next up. Absolutely. Uh, Diamond has announced to release revised solicitations for upcoming comic books and other products in a new May-June edition of their usually monthly previews catalog to arrive on May 27th. Traditionally, publishers share those solicitations early with press and readers. Um, the distributor has confirmed that products contained in the new catalog will be targeted for August 2020 on-sale dates. So this is citing production delays created by the COVID-19 outbreak. This issue uh, will include all items originally intended for May solicitation plus new items solicited in June. All items in the catalog will carry item codes with a June 20 prefix. Okay. Those are for you pre-order folks out there, myself included. Yeah. Oh, why? Hello? What is going on here? There we go. Uh, next up, Dan Slott is exiting Iron Man. Uh, writer Dan Slott has announced that the end of the current Iron Man 2020 event series will be the ends of Slott's run with the character uh, completely. The event series was proposed, post, 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 Jesus Christ. F- sorry, folks. Uh, that event series was postponed after issue three due to coronavirus pandemic effects on the direct market's uh, primary distributor, Diamond. Uh, that's a wrap on my 25th and final Iron Man plot, slot says, which was always the plan. Uh, from day one, it was all about building to a big Iron Man 2020 story in 2020. Uh, what a trip has been with so many talented co-creators and the best editorial team in comics. Can't wait for you to see it. Um, and Slot later corrected himself by saying 23 plots and not 25 because Gail Simone wrote two issues of uh, Tony Stark Iron Man run in addition to other writers also chipping in to co-write the series with Slot. Right. So there you go. Next. All right, Marvel Comics has outlined its plans to resume shipping weekly comic books following the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak. Marvel is going to begin releasing new titles starting May 27th with what it calls a balanced release schedule aimed at publishing comic books in the most thoughtful way we can for fans, creators, and the industry during these unpredictable times. Um, The way – I don't know if we have another – Oh, yeah, the next story, you you can kind of explain um, some of the strategy. Yep, and that story is uh, Inside Marvel's Reasoning for Measured Release Schedule, Their Plans Afterwards. So this is from uh, Newsarama. Seven days after Diamond confirmed plans to resume uh, distribution operations operations for May 20th, Marvel Comics has released amended plans for its releases. Uh, for the next two months, given the uh, relatively slim schedule and the complete absence of some titles, uh, people have questions, of course. Uh, we do, we do, those do, and we're sure that you do as well. This is from the um, editorializing from the, the article writer. 
The publisher is now beginning to explain its strategy in an extended letter to retailers sent out Friday afternoon and goes slightly as thus. Uh, as Diamond continues its efforts to reopen distribution for the retailer community, Marvel will be gradually releasing print comics and trade collections on an alternating weekly schedule starting May 27th, the letter reads. Um, this this balanced short-term schedule will allow everyone, industry, partners, comic shops, Marvel, and our fans to work out to work through an incredible amount of change at every level while providing new product to purchase and giving retailers a clear plan to address their weekly um, FOC, final order cutoff orders. So, yeah, there that's pretty much that. Um, it, it also says here, let's see, starting July 15th, Marvel will resume weekly releases for new comic book titles and trade collections, not previously um, FOC'd in the most thoughtful way we can, taking in all factors throughout the industry. Uh, the letter continues. Marvel will release more information on these titles at later date. So, yeah. So, basically, if y'all don't know, the, the final order cutoff is the deadline for comic book shops to order books. Um... You know, and therefore order books that for to have them get in. And it's usually according to the doctor, it's like three weeks out, which makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. That is pretty much that. And I guess um going to the, the next article. Right. So this is all um you know, over the course of the last week we've gotten a lot of news and updates and revisions. Uh, to the release schedule and some insight into the release schedule that uh, Marvel and Diamond have come up with as the big kid on the block. So uh, with Diamond's direct market distribution seemingly back up and running, Marvel Comics released the revised schedule for its comic book releases from May 27th through July 8th. And although 26 titles are listed, there are a lot of issues not on their schedule. Specifically, here are some titles that I pulled that you won't be seeing for at least the next two months and possibly more. They include X-Men, Captain America, Fantastic Four, Wolverine, Spider-Woman, Gwen Stacy, Conan the Barbarian. That's the first book I'm not pulling. And Star Wars are the highest profile ongoing titles that are missing in action for the time being. That's a big chunk of my reading list. Yeah, um, partially here too, specifically with the X Men and Star Wars stuff. Well, Fantasy Four, yeah. I've been reading that also, but I've not been. Some of those I haven't necessarily been pulling, and that Spider Woman is a new series, so I guess that one kind of makes sense. Um, oh, and that Green Statue one was the one we have talked about before everything went down, or right, right before everything went down. Also, notably uh, missing is the Champions Power Pack and New Warriors series, uh, and I know um, Matt Wang, I'm sure, is quite unhappy about that, uh, because that is also a part of the uh, Outlawed uh, event that... Uh, it just started. Pretty much, yeah. And also for some folks, Runaway and Ghost Spider, uh, you've heard the aforementioned uh, Ghost Spider. And I guess, yeah, you know, there's a, a whole list of stuff. There's a, there's a couple of things that, that I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in. In fact, yeah, there's a few on the rest of this on my uh, reading list that's um, that's uh, been affected. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting <laughs> uh, trying to work that out. So basically, like have my Marvel reading list is kind of on this list. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of, 
Uh, Marvel is making seven existing titles and one new title uh, launch digital only. Okay, uh, get into this one, and then there's a, a bit of a disappointment here for me. Okay, so while they imprint uh, digital comics will resume on, from Marvel on May 27th, the publisher has announced the plans for some of its title to switch to digital only starting May 13th uh, via Marvel Digital and Comixology. Seven current titles, as well as one upcoming new launch title, will go on digital first for digitalization, uh, with Marvel planning to compile the digital editions into print uh, collections later, which is not the first time this is happening, but you know, because of the way things are, it is what it is. Um, the eight titles going are Ghost Spider, uh, Ooh, I'm dying! the Ant-Man limited series, which is, which we had started, um, already, uh, Avengers of the Wasteland, another one, Ravencroft, uh, Star, wait, Star, that's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was already, yeah. Yeah, that Captain Marvel villain who now has, a, right. re, I think, the reality gem. Right, Marvel's Power Girl, got it. Um, <laughs> uh, Marvel Spider-Man, The Black Cat Strikes, uh, Hawkeye Freefall, which was should be in about the end, and uh, 2020 Ironheart uh, rounds out that list. Right, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I never realized that Ghost Spider was on that level of sales because honestly, I think this is what is determining these particular uh, books going digital first. Yeah, so, you know, without 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 obviously, this is just conjecture. This is without me going to the sales charts and consulting them to see if these are in fact that low on the sales chart. But I suspect that they are. So as I mentioned. As I said, I'm disappointed that Ghost Spider finds itself a book. Uh, it finds itself amongst these titles. So, yeah, I mean, and it, it might not be low sales, but low um, low confidence by the Probably. publisher, which is still disappointing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because like most of the stuff is like miniseries and and um, you know of the like. So for the fact that. Ghost Spiders in there amongst all of this is kind of weird. Kind of weird. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Uh, Magneto fan comic artist puts puts on armor for new X-Men tale. Um, so artist Sachi Edwira, my apologies for, for if I messed up your name, who previously created a heartfelt uh, Magneto fan comic, is back with a new story to fill in the gaps of uh, X-Men comics while Marvel Comics' publicity line is on hold due to coronavirus for a few more weeks. Um, and then I think um, Frank, Francesco Francovilla has also been doing something similar with some stuff. Just got like creative, just one-off um, panels and stories of stuff that are doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can see uh, the Twitter post from from the from the artist here. Uh, you know, looks like it's starring uh, armor from the X Men. That's not really much else uh, about it. But you can go check mm. that out. Uh, if you're watching the video, you can see go to wrote thirty four three four five art on Twitter and go check that out. Uh, next, next up, uh, StarWars.com and this week in Star Wars. Excitedly announced that Dr. Afra, an audiobook original, um, is coming out. It's an expanded uh, adaptation of the kind of good, kind of bad archaeologist's introduction in Marvel's Darth Vader series. 
in the in the fir- the first volume that is in the story afro makes a deal with the sith lord which is never a good idea and begins a memorable misadventure um so uh that's pretty cool that that's coming out i don't uh does the story say when that's coming out yeah uh july 21st thank you july 21st mm-hmm so that's cool. I like I, I like Afra. Afra is a uh, is a good character. I would like to see her live action at some point, which I think we might have possibly seen a glimpse of her if if the rumors were the case. But um, and I need to catch up on that last series. I know they're restarting um, her series again when when it's uh, when all this is over with. So cool. May check that out. Who knows. Uh, veteran Marvel Comics inker Juan Vlasco dies at 51. Um, veteran comic book inker Juan Vlasco, full name Juan Francisco Velasco Hernandez, perhaps known for his work at Marvel Comics, has passed away. He was 51 years old. Uh, news of Velasco's passing was broke on Facebook by his friend and fellow artist George Brake. Uh, according to Brake, I'm hoping that's how he pronounces his name. Um, Velasco died in his hometown of New Mexico, excuse me, of Mexico City, Mexico, on April 24th due to complications uh, stemming from an appendicitis operation. Uh, this came as a shock to break as Velasco appeared to be in high spirits only days before his passing. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Sad news. I recognize the name Juan Velasco, too, so... Yeah, if uh, let's see, some of his works are Deadpool, Nova, Contest of Champions, uh, U.S. Avengers. I think that's where I know him. And Champion, that Contest of Champions ones. Yeah, so this is more more recent stuff. Uh, Avengers, yep. No Road Home, Shadowstar, and the Magnificent Miss Marvel. Yep, 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 yep. So, again, the condolences to uh, his uh, family and friends. Sad, sad news. All yeah. right, uh, next. next up. Uh, Disney is has begun pre-selling reusable masks featuring beloved Star Wars and Pixar characters, including Baby Yoda from the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian, with the CDC recommending the use of face masks to prevent the transmission of COVID-19 and many stores requiring them for entry. Disney has jumped aboard the production train starting around the end of June. It's actually July. Disney will be selling sets of four face masks. There's actually... Star Wars masks, Disney masks, uh, Disney princess masks, and Marvel masks. Guess which ones Agent Underscore Seventy already ordered? <laughs> uh, uh, we can one can one can only guess. Um, right. Yeah, there's a couple of them. I, I pre-ordered some from my sister and my niece. Uh-huh. Yeah, I part of me was resistant to this stuff. Now it's good that there's stuff that you know the the proceeds are going towards family, or at least a dollar of I guess. Oh wait, uh, so you, Disney's donating profits up to a million from the sales of these masks to MedShare. Okay, so not a dollar, but a million. But there's a couple of me's like I, I kind of want. <laughs> I ordered one. Yeah, and I even and the, outside of that, I actually know people who do are doing masks that are probably cheaper than this that I could um, task if they were so inclined. But I'm not doing it. But we'll see. I know if I end up with one of these masks, you'll know why. But uh, they are available for pre-order now through Shop Disney, and they're expected to ship on June 29th. Which 
I would say some would some would say is kind of late, but we don't know that for sure, folks. No, no, not at all. Let's. I was about to say that's exactly that was exactly my thinking. You, I kid you not. You exact you, your your line of thinking paralleled mine exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. Like, man, that's not coming for a while, but I might need it then. Right. So, yeah, there's no way in the world it's just going to be over by next month. This, all this is going to be over by next week. I, I, re- I can't think like that. So. It seems, it seems unlikely. Let's put it that way. Yes. Uh, moving right along. This uh, is you, Freddy yeah. versus Jason. Uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. How the Ultimate Howard Comics crossover happened, which is probably should have been in the in the uh, clickbait section, but whatever. Um. So yeah, in 2003, Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy Krueger and Friday the 13th's Jason met in a blockbuster horror crossover Freddy vs. Jason. I'm pretty sure none of us covered it at the time. Uh, after that film became the highest grossing film in either film franchise, which granted is probably not saying that much for either. Uh, it looked to reset to revitalize both classic horror franchises for a new generation of horror fans, except it didn't. Uh, both franchises got rebooted a few years later by Platinum Dunes, and nothing came of any potential sequels um, to Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, roll all that in together, hey, guess what? They made a comic adaptation uh, of said thing and added uh, Ash from uh, The Evil Dead, and I believe it was from, yeah, Wildstorm Productions and Dynamite put this book out. Um... And I believe that is still out there. Sure. Yeah, didn't go, didn't take it to film, but it did do it in comics. And there you go. And this article is basically going on as to why it didn't go to film and why it didn't happen to hit comics. So moving right along. Next up, writer-artist Judd Winnick is returning to the superhero genre in a big way with his own creator-owned superhero universe, the mighty scheduled to launch in summer 2022 from random house graphic follows a 13 year old girl who girl who discovers how to be the hero her world needs now and the hero she was born to be according to publishers weekly uh so um he's going to be doing the mighty as well as uh the hilo or hilo series and he's apparently decided to forego sleep. So I guess that will be uh, coming out in a uh, year and change. 2022. Summer 2022. It's actually two years, really. Yeah. So there you go. Um, my Comic Shop Country documentary tackles the culture and struggles of comic shops. Uh, director Anthony say. Deseo, Desado. Um, my apologies. Desiados, Desiados, Desiados. Yeah, that sounds right. Thank you. Uh, release documentary. Uh, my comic shop, Country, is a film that aims to highlight brick and mortar comic book stores and the unique culture surrounding them, uh, as well as the challenges they face, like you know a certain pandemic that's going on right now. Even in an era where comic book heroes dominate the box office. I think this was probably done before all this happened, though. So, you know, uh, my comic shop country follows, um, to Seattle, 
Desiado, excuse me, on a journey that takes him to numerous comic shops across the United States. The documentary features interviews with numerous members of the comic book retail community, including Acme Comics' Lord Retail, uh, Fat Moose Comics' Sean Hendricks, and uh, Amalgam Comics uh, and Coffee House's Ariel Johnson. Cool, cool. Uh, and a bunch of other people. We don't have to go through the whole name. Um... And they look like, oh yeah, and in addition to Mark Wade, who I believe also owns, um, wait, doesn't he own, I think he, doesn't he own a shop somewhere? Yes. Yeah. So that would be why. Uh, the documentary launched digitally about a month ago, um, and there's a trailer out there for it. So, and yeah, you can go check it out through Amazon and iTunes if you are so inclined. And uh, Oh, okay. So it's something you have to buy. Okay. Yeah. Or you can probably rent it, you know. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. Uh, last up, uh, Dynamite is giving away free comics on Comixology. So this is a slew of number one issues of Dynamite books. There's a total of 76 items for free for you to download to your Comixology account. Have fun catching up on all these books uh, they include uh, Lone Ranger books, the James Bond books, the John Wick book, uh, Magnus Robot Fighter, Vampirella, Red Sonia, Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter, the Shadow, uh, the Kiss, as in uh, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley Kiss. <laughs> and, uh, the group, folks, not them actually kissing, unless they do in the course of this book. We don't right, know. exactly. When I mention those names, you know that's what I'm referring to. Well, some so people, the, uh, you forget we do have some youngsters in the audience. Oh, me feeling old. So, um, so, so. Bottom line is, uh, feel free to explore the wonderful world of dynamite comic books with these free offerings on Comicsology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can go check that out. And also that uh, being that Comicsology is also owned by Amazon, that will fall into your Kindle library, if I'm not mistaken. I yes, believe. I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just had to do it in there, not for anything having to do with that story, but you know. Anywho. I was, hey, I was just like, what was that for? <laughs> Nothing. I just wanted to throw something in there. Um <laughs> He wanted to use the soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. You no, know, sometimes you got to, because now you are about to use a soundboard right after you um, do an ad read. There you go. So our first ad read of the night, and ladies and gentlemen, I forgot my alcohol downstairs. <laughs> this one is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a word. Yeah, I am not smuggling uh, alcohol in my water bottle. Uh, Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. 
Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And, folks, we are going to, as I, there we go, transition. Boy, I should really start using Studio Mode a little bit more often. Into tonight's topic. Um, if you are previously on Combo Chronicles, we did the miniseries that ran up to the core series of the Marvel Comics uh, 2006 event, Annihilation, which is a big cosmic event of the time. And here we are going into the core uh, books from the said uh, said event and the, the last um, miniseries that is basically an, an epilogue to it. Right. So, as I get back down to the place where I totally can't remember where we were. Right. Um, so, I mean, essentially, we uh, are uh, jumping off at Annihilation Day because um, the first issue of the Annihilation miniseries really goes into detail as to the immediate uh, after effects of the Annihilation wave running uh, roughshod over the uh, positive matter universe. Um, you know, we get, uh, as I open up my uh, handy dandy, not a plug, Marvel Unlimited app to take a look at Annihilation. Um, oh, shoot. I know I forgot something. Actually, I do have it open, but whatever. Oh, you mean the book? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, oh. a little behind the scenes, I was actually fin- trying to finish reading part of it before uh, before the show. Okay. So, so ultimately, where we are um, is, uh, you know, Stardate, Verbal Log, Novacore, Operative, 11249-4496, Richard Ryder, last survivor of the Novacore. That's a big spoiler alert, but then you realize that you're going to find out much more about this very soon, like in the next page. So uh, we are being caught up uh, on the events of... Annihilation Day and its immediate after effects um, on the first, the very first page of this story, and we get to the title page, which is a double splay, a double page splash uh, with the title "Blood and Thunder," and um, I want to see what the credits are for this book. It's Keith Giffen and Andrea Devito. Uh, Keith Giffen on script, Andrea Devito on on uh, art. And this is solid, 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 solid art. Everything is clean, but at the same time, highly detailed and definitely uh, evokes the cloud of war that has descended upon vast swaths of the positive universe as the annihilation wave has come through. So we are we find ourselves on a planet Daedalus Five on the Kree system periphery, and uh, the United Front Command Center with the Commander in Chief Richard Ryder, aka Nova, as well as a different version of Peter Quill, the Star Lord, <laughs> or at least when I say different version, it's the same character, just different. It is cool. It's starkly different from definitely the the MCU version. Or even if you're just if you've been a fan of the most recent comic runs, that version, right? So, uh, so oh yeah, it's worth noting. Uh, what was the date on this one? I think it was a uh, annihilation day plus two o eight. Oh, when we joined when we joined them on the battlefield, I believe so. 
Let me see, because... Yeah, my notes don't go. My notes didn't put that. Decided not to put that up right in. But let's oh, get a little. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the book now. It actually doesn't give the date. Uh, my my guess is that it's got to be um, because the way Nova's notes work, it starts with Annihilation Day, uh, goes to Annihilation Day plus seven, and then it goes to Annihilation Day plus fifteen dash seventy nine. So we may find ourselves on annihilation day plus 80 when we get to this battlefield scene um no, because that uh because 88 was when ronan came in and that was still before this so but according to what the 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 uh the wiki says it looks like it's around 204 okay but there was a little something that happened slightly before that because um I guess around the time before this was happening, um, Phyla, uh, uh, the the daughter of Marvel, went to go visit, uh, and Moondragon, by the way, went to go visit um, Marvel's grave, and they are attacked by Thanos, who rips off uh, Moondragon's left ear and tells Phyla to go deliver it to Drax while taking Moondragon hostage, for which we find out what happened, why, uh, why that reason later. Uh, on on Daedalus 5, the United Front, a universal resistance movement organized by Nova and Peter Quill to combat the annihilation wave, managed to hold off in the side. And that's kind of the wins us. Like, this is the battle we kind of come in on uh, right. at, at okay. the start of this book. So somewhere between 183 and 204, um, is, is when this is going on. And yeah, so we get in there, we get the battle between, you know, we get the, the battle which uh, uh, Nova and Peter and them have to kind of retreat from. And thanks to the uh, the leadership skills of one Ronan, who, who happens to be on the left flank, flank with the other Kree, uh, they are able to pull them out relatively safely. Um, even though they've lost. Right. So let me see. Oh yeah. Um, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say what's cool about this is you know there's a there, there, there's a few characters that uh, have uh, you know s- sort of um, star turns. You know they 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 take center stage at least for a few pages. Mm-hmm. One of them being Fire Lord, and for anyone who played. Hero clicks. That's a that's a that's a callback. In a satellite, not even Lord. one that's still going on, too. Yeah. What's that? I said one that is actually still going on. Right, right. I'm talking about first gen. Right. You know, uh, Fire Lord was one of the cheesiest characters that people employed because he had the you know they 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 basically played up his range attacks and his speed because he's a herald of a former herald of Galactus. And, uh, you know, he was uh, very cheaply – his value was uh, – he was undervalued, let's say. You know, his point total was undervalued for the uh, offensive firepower that he could bring to bear. So he was one of the cheesiest characters out there. So, of course, for rookie players like myself, I employed him – deployed him all the time. I and I am very ask. disappointed that Fire Lord is not uh, – does not have a Marvel Legend figure actually. Yeah, due time, maybe when they do another cosmic event, right? We're, we're about due, I imagine. Um, so I'm just gonna run through the annihilation day because my my notes are in shambles. Um, 
So let's see. So we find this out, and and as uh, Agent Seven just going to say, we we start getting introduced, not introduced, but we get reintroduced to characters, some of which that have been in the miniseries, and you know, uh, in in various aspects. But we definitely notice, like we said last week, with some of these characters, stark differences between their characterizations to what we know them now as a, as to then. Uh, one of which Gamora, uh, because he uh, she excuse me. She and Nova have a little thing going on while the battle's going on, um, which, you know, if you've been paying attention to comics for the last few years that we, you know, people knew about that. And I think it has even come back up, you know, when Nova came back from the Nova, uh, from the cancer first briefly or whatever, because that's neither here nor there right now. So that happens, you know, most of the people that from the miniseries are gathered in some way, shape or form with the exception of a couple of notable uh, interests, which we will find out later. But, like I said, from this front, they have to draw back. And um, a few days later, in, on 204, a major offensive is launched by another of Analysis Queens, ex, um, Exterpia. Exterpia? Yeah. Exterpia. Exterpia. Yeah. Uh, during the battle, Fire Lord, who we talked about, uh, captures the queen at some expense to himself because he gets uh, nearly gravely hurt. Um, which he was already kind of hurt because of what was already going on, but during, during the course of this, he was kind of getting laid into. But he got his got his person. Uh, at the same time, this is when we find out that Galactus and the Silver Surfer are attacked and defeated by Aegeus and uh, Tenebris, uh, the two primordial guys turn that um, that basically attacked them. Uh, attacked them. We find this out during the course of the story because the queen that got captured by Fire Lord told uh um nova and quill at the end of issue one so right and nova's well, like oh they uh, captured galactus this I was like, not good. hold on to hold on to that thought if, if i'm if, done if go ahead uh, okay uh basically these two characters were imprisoned um in um the kiln mm-hmm. k-y-l-n and the, this was a prison that was on the edge of positive space and negative, and the negative zone, which is uh, the what did they call it? The breach, the crunch, the crunch. Thank yes. you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a word thing that 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 had a very brief that had a uh, a sound like that. So yeah, it was the crunch. So this prison was empowered by the crunch, but when the annihilation wave came through from the negative zone, it basically destroyed the kiln prison and released Tenebris of the Darkness and Aegis, she of all sorrows. And these two old gods, you know, um, basically took it to Galactus. And the Silver Surfer. They crushed them, like, to the point where Silver Surfer was all cracked up because he got right. smacked down by, uh, by Aegis. So yeah, it it went bad for 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 those forces, but we'll see them again at some point soon. I'm sure. Um, day two hundred six. Excuse me. Uh, Alanis day plus two hundred six. Hey, uh, I was about to hold on to that. Hold on to that thought. We just got to add that Thanos is uh, working alongside Annihilus, and it's Thanos's plan that brings Galactus down. Right. I feel like we yeah we might have talked about that last week because this was when we uh, we found out during the main series that this happened, but we didn't get to the end of that plan until we come into here. So, right. yeah. So like you said last week, some of the, the, the miniseries are probably most of them are kind of required reading prior, prior to uh, coming into the series. Cause it just kind of jumps. Cause you never know when the uh, a day starts 
or you know how people come together and some of the the final points 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 of this uh events are pretty much laid out there right i'll give you i'll give you the perspective of a collector who did not collect all of the uh, precursor miniseries. I got the gist of the story from the Nova and the Silver Surfer miniseries. Because those it were the most of the stuff came out, right. Right. It would have definitely helped uh, my understanding of the changes to Drax's character if I'd gotten the Drax miniseries, because that's where a lot of that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ronin miniseries, I don't think plays nearly as big a role, but it definitely... Uh, details what Ronan's motivation is um, going into this miniseries. So I think in terms of the the uh, the precursor miniseries, I, I agree that they, you know, reading them gives you the best idea, the fullest picture of what's going on. But I think you could get by with reading a couple of them. But I think in in hindsight, I wish I'd bought them all. When right, and even the uh, the the um the um super scroll one, like yeah, the, oh, his motivations yeah, are not. yeah, that one's also similar to kind of Ronan, where his you know his motivations are kind of played out, but also a crushing defeat by him, and and something that happens to his home world kind of kind of plays out there, but that also plays into him coming into this, um, right when that point comes in. Uh, let us move on to, uh, like I said, 204. And this is when we found out about the, um, about Galactus and Civil Surfer, like we said, Surfer, like we said, um, uh, we pushed to plus 206. Um, right. where we, we also found issue out. number two now, I think. Yes. Um, I, I feel like this was no, well, so I think this next part that I'm about to say was in issue one. Which part? We, the part about Gamora and Nova uh, being romantically linked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about issue two. Uh, once, once, once they learn about Galactus being taken down and right. the Silver Surfer being taken down, that's the end of issue one. Right. So we skip. So we go up to that Quill and Nova finds out about this. It's Galactus Silver Surfer. Drax reveals to Cammy that he, he's doing this because he's trying to get close to um, Thanos. Which surprise, surprise for him. Um, that's the big. That's the beginning of issue two. Right. And then we move to a couple of days later, plus 212, where Phyla actually finally gets to Daedalus 5 and right. delivers Thanos' message to Drax. And he's like, well, I got to go kill Thanos now. So, and it just so happens that some stuff happened in this issue to where, you know, he's going to get a shot. Because uh, Nova and Ronan meets up with the ruling class house of um, the Kree, House Fiero. Not to be confused with Guy Fieri. Um, or Pontiac Fierro a car. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> um, those of a certain vintage will know that car because I'm pretty sure it's not in production anymore. Um, I, was, yeah, I think I think that's the car that's strapped to a rocket uh, engine in uh, f- the, the next Fast and Furious movie. Oh yeah, that's right. It was in the trailer. I forgot about that. Pontiac Fierro. Uh, Pontiac Fierro. Right. Oh, <laughs> anyway, boy, yeah, we gotta. Yeah, I still need to watch it. Anyway, we'll we we'll get to that when we get to that. We'll. we'll it's a trailer. To... Yeah, I know. No, 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 I know. I watched the trailer. But I'm saying I just need to go and you know finish that up and get so we can get to the point. Even though that movie's not coming out until next year. Um, but yeah, so they talk to House Fierro. They attempt to, uh, who attempt to arrest Ronan. Ronan's like, I don't think so, and kills all of them because he found out. Because again, he found out during the course of his miniseries that they set him up. Um, you know, 
And this is something of note that House Fierro is a merchant clan and not a war-minded clan. That is going to come into play um, near the end of this. Right. I was about to say this plays out this. Much like uh, this plays out very much like a Game of Thrones, you know, like a you know a D and D type thing where you know the wrong class of uh, of uh, of characters are are left in power. Mm-hmm. And I believe because of, at the same time, Ravenous and crew ends up on Hala, um, uh, either before or around this. And so Ronan and Super Scroll are there fighting not only um, the Kree, which Super Scroll is like, shoot, I'm here for killing Kree. I don't care. And um, trying to get to the house, uh, House of Euro. But then the Annihilation Wave kind of hits and Ravenous comes through and they end up fighting them. But like I said, uh, that all gets taken care of because um, um, oh wait, no, no, I'm sorry. That's a little bit later. Jesus. Um, anyway, um, back on Daedalus 5, um, Praxagora comes to Daedalus 5 with Super Scrolls body. That's right, because this was, this was before all of that happens. Right. Um, but the the because there was another house that is the the another part of the house that is still on on Hala that he goes to take care of later on. I forgot about that. This is just the ones that were meeting with him at the time or them at mm-hmm. the time. Anyway, Ravens comes with his crew and with Pybok, who was from uh um uh Drax's series, Terax, who they had enslaved, and uh Delinquent, who was called Infant Terrible, I guess. I don't know who that character is, and looks like one of the Mad Thinkers robots. Yes. I mean, like, and a bunch of centurions uh, for, from um, um, Alanis' fleet, Anilus' fleet. They all attack the planet. Um, and, you know, the heroes think they have the upper hand or start to get the upper hand until um, their big, big weapon, the, the Anilus' big, big weapon ends up showing itself. And we also get a little bit of backstory on how or a little bit of uh, background information on how the power cosmic kind of operates with the biological beings or not, because mm-hmm. uh, Terak, not Terak, uh, Thanos and Annihilus are talking about it because Annihilus wants the power cosmic, uh, the secrets of the power cosmic so he can wield it. That was his whole thing with the, uh, trying to capture the heralds of Galactus, which did not work out. But now that they have Galactus and Super Surfer, they've been doing to do some studies. Thanos is like, uh, no, we thought we knew better, but we don't. And once someone is imbued with the power cosmic, things change and we can't really do that much about it on a biological sense. However, they did, uh, Thanos did come up with a way to uh, basically turn Galactus into a Death Star. Pretty much. And... Um, you know, use him, and they just happen to come up on to Daedalus Five to use said weapon, but not before um, you know folks get wind of it at the last second that this is happening. Um, so yeah, Here, I was about to say we have just gotten into issue three of the miniseries, pretty much. So yeah, Ravenous and crew they're they're wrecking havoc. Uh, Galaxis approaches, they do all of that. Nova uh, orders an evacuation. Uh, Fire Lord revives uh, the Super Scroll in the midst of all of this because he, you know, he was laid out, um, and somehow away Fire Lord's power, who also just woke up himself, um, revitalizes Super Scroll some kind of way. We don't know sure. comics. Um, hold on, hold on to that thought. Sure. Just click pause on where you are right now. I just wanted to uh, give the listeners and viewers of our show an idea. If they are not reading along just yet, they should be. 
bear in mind that uh, we are dealing with some of the most jam-packed, you know, fog of war type pages and panels, panel layouts and reading um, reading orders that you will ever see in like spacefaring comics, uh, you know, in any company, you know, Marvel, DC, Dynamite, Image. There's some intense stuff going on here. There's lots of action going on. So um, it's definitely uh, a pretty intense read when we get up to what Roddy Cat is about to describe next. Yep. And that is... um, So, the Galactus Death Star rolls in uh, to the planet. Like I said, they order um, an evacuation of the planet after having caught wind of this. Uh, Redshift and Stardust combine their powers. They end up dying, or quote-unquote dying. We don't know even that. They end up trying to stave off the, the beam until everybody can get clear. Um, a lot of folks don't make it. Well, excuse me, a lot of folks make it. Some folks don't make it. But for the most part, the majority of the people that were on the planet uh, makes it off. Jarax kind of stays behind and um, to, to hop on another ship so he can go after uh, Thanos. Uh, and yeah, just basically goes onto the ship, kills everybody, and goes to hunt down Thanos. Um, so after this, the group disbands because it's like, well, they they weaponized Galactus, so now we've lost, we've pretty much lost the war. Um, Ro- this is when Ronan actually goes to Hala and tries to uh, clean it up from the rest of the House Fierro folks. He takes a uh, Super Scroll and Praxagora with him. Um. Obviously, you know, like I said, Super Scroll, you go to kill Kree, so it don't really matter. Um, and this is pretty much where we get through to three. Yes, yeah, we have just reached the end of issue three. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on here, folks, but it also reads very quickly because yes. there's lots of action involved. Like I said, Fog of War is definitely descended upon these alien planets. Very much. Annihilation's Aid plus 2020. Uh, excuse me, 220. Lord. <laughs> uh, Drax reaches the, the third of Annihilation's Queen's Erratica and kills her, using her vessel to get even closer to Thanos. Uh, Nova reaches Earth's moon, and he kind of wonders whether he should tell Earth's uh, champions about what is going on in space. He gets wind of Civil War, which is going on at the same time on Earth, and he and, oh. and he and Peter Quill are like, "Damn, I became Nova because these were my heroes, and now they're fighting amongst these, uh, each other. But I'm gonna still be Nova because you know I still hold on to the, the ideas, even if they are not now." But they also get the plans like, well, we still need to warn them. So they uh, so they sent message to the Fantastic Four um, about what's going on because the annihilation wave could potentially reach Earth in weeks. Right. So while they're down there having squabbles amongst themselves, thanks, Bendis. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, I just had a thought that I don't want to feel like repeating. But anyway, um, so while they're doing that, we got to still do what we do. Balls, Bill Foster, we know. Yes, Rep <laughs> Bill Foster. I, that was not the thought I was thinking of, but yes. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. Um, Ugh. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so the, anyway, the learn of civil war. They have that little talk we just talked about, and there's no way you can get no help. And they just they double back. Uh, I believe this is around the planet time where Nova's like, okay, I'm just gonna go and get go after Annihilus because that's got to happen. 
but in the meantime, Moon Dragon learns that Thanos wants Annihilus to succeed so that he can rule an empty galaxy uh, with no opponents to challenge him. Yeah, he, so he basically, so Thanos basically has Moon Dragon there to see what uh, Annihilus thinks. He comes to find out that Annihilus is not as big as a book of fools as he thinks, and that uh, the fact that Galactus was turned into a bomb was part of a bigger picture on Galactus on on Annihilus's front. But mm-hmm. being Thanos, he tries to turn this into his advantage. Um, see, Thanos reveals that he has no interest in Annihilus' scream, releases Moon Dragon from the parasites used to control her. Uh, he then prepares to release Galactus, but Drax arrives and kills Thanos, which means that he couldn't do what he was well, not to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There is a sound effect for this. <laughs> Right. No, and, that and was running through my head when I read this again. I was like, "Oh, bum Right. And mind you, Moon Dragon, his Drax's daughter, was sitting there trying to like, "No, no, stop! This is you know Thanos is you know got a plan. He's going to help you know. He's you know deal with him after he does what he does, basically." Um, but Thanos, I mean, uh, the Drax ain't trying to hear this. Moves her out of the way. You know, just kills Thanos and like, "Oh, well, well done is done now." And then, and then he decides to ask, well, what was Thanos planning on doing? To which Moon Dragon actually was like, well, fine. This is what he was going to do. Um, so Drax gets the plan to release uh, Galactus and or the Silver Surfer, which he does release the Silver Surfer, if I remember correctly. All right. Um, Pause. Pause. Hold that thought because we are moving into uh, issue number five. I just wanted to note that before we uh, pro- uh, commence with issue number five, that when I learned that the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Dr- the character of Drax was going to be portrayed in live action by Dave Bautista, I honestly was hoping that he was going to be the murderous badass that we saw here. But he was effectively neutered in later issues of you know the comics. But I honestly was hoping... Because my first introduction, bear in mind, I did not read that first miniseries. So my first introduction to badass, knife-wielding Drax was this uh, limited series. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was announced and the characters were brought together and knife-wielding Drax was going to be a main character, I honestly was hoping that we would get this kind of weird amalgam of knife-wielding smart Drax who had less power than his overly muscle-bound form, but was still a powerful character, you know, who still possessed, like, a good amount of physical strength. He gets punked more often than not in in, in the movies, which is so silly, but what can you do? Right. He's not even the original form of Drax the Destroyer with the, with the, with the cape and collar and the eye and, and the head but lasers. Um, right. So yeah, that's that, and yeah, they kind of gone. So before the Drax uh, miniseries, real quick, and, and I won't take too long with this, but yeah, he was kind of, and I think I said this last week, he was kind of a Hulk type version because of something that happened to him previously. Right. Um, because basically, the the smarter he, well, excuse me, the more he fought, the smarter he get, as opposed because he was like kind of childlike and not as smart, um, just running around and. But then when he gets into a fight, that's when he starts to smarten up. But the, that miniseries going into this kind of changed all of that. Right. Just wiped that all out. Right. 
But I mean, literally, what he does to Thanos in this, in this, uh, in, in in the last few pages of uh, issue four, is something that you know re- definitely requires a good amount of you know physical prowess, and and you know it's just not something you imagine the Drax character that we know of in the movies doing. Unless you're a Mortal Kombat cam- uh, uh, character, then you can very much uh, imagine it. Right. Right. Because because so, you can uh, think about what he does uh, then. Exactly. I just wanted to note that before we moved on to the next issue. Oh, absolutely. Um, issue five, five, five. So let's see. Let's see. We talked about that. We talked about that. Um, so yeah. So now that um, I think this is when we go into Drax kind of going through his plan to release the Civil Surfer and all that kind of this. I can't remember. All this is born together. So forgive me, but uh, Nova heads into deeper into wave control territory, uh, rejoined by Peter Quill and Phyla. They are briefly aided by Blastar and the Space Knights. Yes, of Rom yes. and the Space Knights. But yes, yes, the Space Knights. This was part of Marvel's attempts to relaunch the Space Knights minus Rom because they did not own the character. He was, in fact, a Hasbro licensed creation. Ugh, ugh. So, so you see a bunch of folks in suits, and you don't know who they are, and you see the names Space Knights, and, and unless you're of a certain uh, of, of a certain vintage, you don't know. You're just like, yeah, so just some dudes. You might have thought they were Blastar's people. Who knows? Even if you knew who Blastar was at this point. Um, but um, cutting back to Galac- uh, Drax and Galactus, he's not able to. Fr- Drax is not able to free Galactus, but he releases the Silver Surfer, who basically uses him to do what what um, what. Uh, uh, Thanos was trying to do and power up the thing to release uh, Galactus. And Galactus uh, gets freed and quite honestly pissed, obviously. Uh, but also, Drax, this is where Drax is like, hey, make sure you help out my daughter if you do anything else because I freed you. This is what Drax says to Galactus uh, in the midst of trying to free him. Right. Uh, that slightly comes to play later, but you know. Uh, so, yeah. Galactus gets free, destroys all of the, basically just does a counter um, annihilation wave and kills all the the uh, the wave troops in the nearby, you know, forces. And I think this is also when it reaches uh, Hala, uh, where the Super Scroll actually reaches a bunch of places because we ended up getting the shots of people in various places seeing Galactus go, go nuts. Um with Silver Surfer's like, feel his power! He is coming! He's about to get revenge! He's coming for that behind! Anyway, um, Super Scroll, Perkzergora, and Ronan learned that Hasfiero brokered a deal with the Annihilation Wave, uh, and this is when he pretty much goes and kills the rest of them while, you know, he's fighting Raven- uh, Ronan is fighting Ravenous um, and the Saturions. But that fight gets dealt with. Ronan kills, um, kills Ravenous, <clears throat> Excuse me. Also kills the rest of um, the House Fierro. He also goes to the, the Supreme Intelligence, who's been held hostage, and frees him from um, in, in an act of mercy. Because they basically yeah. they basically had neutered um, uh, uh, the Supreme Intelligence, and so now Ronan just put him out of his misery. And Ronan is create uh, is uh, declared um, the uh, the leader of the Cree world. And that is the end of issue number five. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, let me... Action-packed stuff. Action-packed issues, man. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 worth a read if you have not uh, checked any of this out. So I'm just going to 
pop the cover right there of issue six. Um, and I would also say that this is kind of where my reading kind of fell off because I got halfway through this book and, and hadn't because right before the thing. Anywho, um, let's see. Nova, Phyla, and Peter Quill also finally reach the center of the Annihilation Wave and they attack Annihilus himself. Um, as Nihilus overpowers his attackers, he's surprised when the quantum bands fly onto Phyla's wrist. Making her the new quant, uh, making her the new um, quasar, in the process, right. um, twisting the balance of power. Uh, with Annihilus slightly weakened, Nova focuses his power and turns Annihilus uh, inside out and kill him. Uh, Thanos and De- Death witnesses the final battle. Battle because you know Thanos is dead, but he's still with with death. Uh, but Nova refuses to join them, clinging to life. So, which means, that, yeah, it's just like Nova had pretty much uh, spent him, spent all of his power and was all in the most near death. But he wasn't going that quickly. Um, and I Basically, think you're. I was about to say, pause. Sure, you reach the end of the war. Yes, you reach the end of the war, and now we are at. Annihilation Day plus 268 Armistice Day. So if you've made it to this point, you can actually take a breath and go through um, this next part slowly because I forgot that this is what this is how uh, Annihilation ended. Mm. There is an armistice. There is a truce. So we're going to go back, but we're going to go back a, a, um, a, a few dozen days before that because after the death of Annihilus, the pirates, I think this might be from Heroes of Galactus, I'm not sure. Um, right. the, the, para, the parasites controlling Pybok, Terax, and the delinquent are deactivated. Yeah, this is from yeah, this is from the uh, whatchamacallit, this is from the miniseries. So go ahead. We'll, right. we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, but but it rolls into Armistice Day, so um right. the three make their escape, causing mass destruction devastation in the process. They arrive on New Zeron and find it controlled by the sparse parasite. Um, the three assault the Sparrow's Parasite with Terax landing the killing blow. Terax then sets out to rebuild his reputation. Again, uh, and also plus 227, because there's no place like home. Uh, Galactus is weakened, was weakened from his capture and sends Silver Surfer to find a new planet for him to feed. While waiting, uh, Reborn Stardust arrives, offering Galactus the energy of his remaining people as a demonstration of his loyalty. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to cut to 268. Yep, that's it. So, yeah, you basically covered the events of the two um, Heralds of Galactus uh, uh, issues uh, that comprise the the essential, essentially the epilogue Mm -hmm. to the story of Annihilation proper. Yes. Um, Oh, wait, is there a little bit more to this? No, it didn't. Okay. I was about to say, what happened here? So, Armistice Day. After Annihilus' defeat, the remaining national wave uh, forces agree to a treaty that brings the hostilities to an end, but gives the remaining wave forces all of the Skrull territory and the former Kree capital, Kree Lar. Pause. Okay. Let that sink in, folks. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. The invading Annihilation wave basically said whoa, whoa, whoa before we all get killed by galactus we'll stop here let's sue for peace and what did they come out of it with the entirety of the scroll empire and the former planet the former capital of the kree empire kree lar which is that's mess- amazing to me. 
And it's also messed up for the if you're a scroll, because I can't imagine that sit well with Super Scroll. But and also the Scroll Empire had been devastated by the wave already. So it they right. kinda had already been, you know, uh just been dusted over. Um right. so, but yeah, so yeah, so basically it was like, okay, well here's the parting gift of the Scroll Empire and a little bit of creep, you know, creep creep uh here's a creep planet for you. There we go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at this point the scrolls are without a home. Um and which granted has nothing to do with at this particular point in time, but it also infers things later on down in Marvel's histories. Um, because right. in fact, yeah, secret invasion. You, wait, you dang it, see that secret invasion? We could be doing secret invasion. Oh no! But we would probably have to do a uh, civil, uh, civil civil war because some of that kind of leaks into it. But we won't, yep. or at least not right now. We'll see. Um. You will hear that Bill Foster rant again. I promise you. <laughs> um, so anyway, Phyla Vell, um, again, daughter of, um, of Marvel, decides to use the quantum bands to become the new Quasar and the protector of the universe. Defenders of the Earth. And Discreet joins Cammy, who got left behind by um, by Nova and them when they just teleported. So that was another part we didn't actually talk about. When Phyla, Nova, and Peter Quill uh, left the the remaining forces that were fighting um to go after Annihilus, Cammy was with them for some strange reason, but they import they used some teleportation device that was kind of uh using tech from uh from uh Novacore tech that was partially still operational. But they left her behind on the planet, so you know, she could have been there for all we know, but apparently she's still alive and right. And um and uh joined up with Street, who was the little fairy looking uh person who was running around with on Thanos' shoulder at the end of this. Anyway, um Anaja Day plus two seventy four, unless you got something. Nope, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Fi- Fire Lord re- refuses the terms of the armistice and sets out to destroy the remaining remaining centurions but discovers that the group has rifts in its rank, including some honorable members. Right. Uh, this was in, this was in the, uh, what do you call it? The Heralds of Galactus. Uh, exactly. Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, Annihilation plus 277, a dying extermina gives birth to one final being. Annihilus. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> And that is the actual end of issue six. And lastly, um, another day plus two eighty one. The Silver Surfer confronts and, with extreme effort, manages to destroy Tenebrius and uh, Aegeus, nearly destroying himself in the process. Uh, impressed with his actions, Galactus heals him. So yeah, so these two people that took down Galactus, I mean, yeah, took on Galactus and Super Silver Surfer. Just got taken down by the Silver Surfer by himself in an act. It was that actually was... a pretty creative way of doing it. Did yeah. you read it? No, because I think that was oh, still in. Um, I don't. I don't want to spoil. It was in the uh, the Heralds of Heralds Galactus, Galactus um, yeah. issues. So I when you get onto reading that, now that we've finished, you know, now that you can kind of wrap up your reading of this um, uh, of the series and 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 read that with some foresight, you know, now that you have basically been spoiled, but it'll be still be fun to. Uh, to read the issues just to see how it all happens oh, and, and, and see how it's executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the silver surfer, uh, is portrayed and the way, uh, the story, um, leads to the silver surfer winning is actually, you're kind of like, Oh, you know what? 
that works. Right. Probably so, something that they got brought up. I'm assuming if it's, if I'm thinking uh, something that was probably kind of brought up earlier or at some point in uh, Annihilation that just happened. Like, hey, here, here's the thing that come back up. I don't know, but we'll find out. I will find out. It'll just be, it'll be, you'll, you'll be, I hope you're, you're pleasantly surprised. That's all I can say. I, I mean, given how they had Silver Surfer and Galactus in here for, for, for the most part going into before their capture, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I suspect good things from it. But there's also a lot of this, I guess we can go ahead and say, because now that we have finished uh, talking about this here uh, event, goes, I think, I don't know, sure. Did it actually, because it doesn't seem like it really seeded anything. Well, it did and it didn't. It seeded stuff going into the next uh, adjoined event, that being Annihilation Conquest, because obviously, you know, there's stuff that comes out here. Well, actually, even with what I know about Conquest, um, it is definitely taking from here, but not in the way that you would think. Like, you know, it's not like the scrolls are coming back and trying to trying to go on force. They had other plans. Uh, but from what I remember coming out of left field, there's a couple of parties that didn't necessarily have anything to do with this um, this particular event that come into play then. Right. But essentially, you know, conquest, you know, doesn't necessarily come directly after no. but it's basically in the wake of the annihilation wave right. so you know it's pretty it, it's pretty closely connected it's also uh annihilation conquest is um i'm looking for the creator behind i i don't know if it's giffen also oh no no no, I think no. It's, uh, Con- uh, and abnett and landing yes Con- mm-hmm. abnett and landing mm-hmm DNA, folks. Yep. Um, and yeah, this is, and I believe that is the event that pretty much uh, bores out uh, the current iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. So I am actually thinking about reading that. Oh, whether, it's worth it. Yeah, whether it be for this or just in general, because that was that was the thing out of Annihilation that I was the most curious about. Because I, and I knew I had to, well, I probably was worth reading Annihilation to get to that point. Because obviously there are some things that happen uh, in Annihilation that, you know, that basically infers what, you know, going into Conquest. So you kind of needed to read that to kind of get that out of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I will probably do that. And I'm not saying that that's going to be our next one. I'm just saying that for myself. Right. You know. And I'm I'm glad, honestly, you know, and I've said this, I said this last week and I've said it again this week. I'm glad that my, my, um, my exhortations, uh, you know, my, my encouragement, uh, uh, um, of Roddy Cat to read Annihilation did not disappoint. I'm glad that it was not overhyped. I did not overhype it so that, uh, you know, it seems like Roddy Cat is, if not pleasantly surprised, at least satisfied in that this was actually a really interesting series. Yes. I mean, and you got to think about it, like on the Marvel side, the up to this point, the other cosmic event that we had was Kree Scroll War. I mean, I was barring Secret Wars aside, because that's a whole nother thing. But we had well, this Operation Galactic Storm, you know, but that's inside Avengers, right? <laughs> exactly. But that, yeah, but that was my point. It was like, yeah, the stuff that's been in before this point was kind of you know a still a smaller scale even the Kree scroll war was kind of a smaller scale to this 
Right, but before this was Infinity Gauntlet, but then that's yeah. just every- right. So, you but know, it's still not fans. Well, what was cool about this, and 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 uh, you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of this story. That you know, like I read, I read all these um, in real time, so um, I'm just glad that that Roddy Cat's enjoying it. I can say that this was one of the the more intense reads when that when when I was reading this in real time as they came out, because as I said. It's it's a galactic war that you're just not used to seeing in Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, like the you know, like uh, uh, like so many factions, so many sides, and seeing some of the, the the ground forces, you know, as well as the the air support, basically, you know, like the the heralds of Galactus uh, uh, doing their part as well, right. and seeing all these cosmic characters being portrayed in such a different light, such a uh, a professional light, to be honest. And I, when I say professional, um. I refer directly to Richard Ryder, aka Nova, and this is one of the reasons why I've 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 consistently been offended and taken aback by his characterization in recent years. Obviously, he was in the Cancerverse and and whatnot, and and uh, uh, they played off of that for certain effect and they did want to try to push Sam Alexander. But after reading Annihilation, you're like, why could they, how could they do Richard Ryder so dirty? <laughs> you know, he's like literally like one of the, you know, like he actually matured into like a leading man role. And then they just like shunted him off into nowhere. You know, they did, right. uh, you know, but I admit they did, you know, do their best or maybe they didn't do their best, but they at least gave him a shot at uh, several ongoing series until they introduced Sam Alexander as uh, a legacy hero. Right. But you know, this is one of the you know Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest, and the and 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 the related books that come after uh, is the source of my uh, disdain for how they've treated Richard Ryder, say for the last like five years. Mm. Right. You no. Know, You've heard me grumble about it on the show here and there, <laughs> yes. you know, not unlike my Bill Foster rants, but yes. But now, but now at least uh, Roddy Cat has some context, you know, now he can now now he can say, oh, you know what? I know from where he's coming from. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of kind of disappointing in that respect. And also I was like, well, wait, now, just like I said, with context of uh, conquest, like now kind of got to see how that fall happened, you know, cause I've, I've not, have never been the, the biggest Nova fan, even with well, the there's Sam- before, I was about to say, it doesn't happen in conquest either. It happens long after that. But that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about just right. like from here to there, to there, to there is what I'm saying. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. But like I said, I've never been the, the, the biggest Nova fan, even with the new warrior stuff, you know, back in the day, same. but same, I was transformed by this series. That's mm-hmm. the funny part. Seeing him step up into this like, uh, like younger leading man, like he's not exactly Captain America. He's going to make a lot more mistakes. He's right. not um, as uh, you know, he's not uh, the, the the winghead Boy Scout, right? Hmm. But he, you know, like he graduates into this like leadership role, something he did not have in the New Warriors, really. Right. And you know, it's born out of war, out of need. So he has to, uh, you know, step in as the last surviving Nova at this point to, you know, to lead like a uh, to lead the resistance, to lead, you know, to lead the defense 
of the positive manner universe. So that's why I really, really got, uh, I, I really developed a, a healthy respect for the character's growth and transformation in the series and to see a lot of that kind of get pushed aside or maybe backtracked upon, uh, you know, in recent history is really, you know, it's just kind of disappointing to me. You know, they could really push him as, um, you know, uh, a leading man type, but they, 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 they keep falling back on like uh, new warrior style, you know, new warriors era characterizations for him. Right. And even, I guess, well, actually, and I guess to bring us kind of sort of current because we did see him show up in whatever that one shot was where Mike, Mike Thrasher was like, hey, you should, you know, you should come with us. He's like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm staying out in space or, yeah. or whatever he's doing. So uh, even even now they were like, and maybe they'll have some plans for him in the future. Who knows? But and I was like, no, there was a reason why he's staying out of staying out of what's about to happen in Outlawed. Right. I mean, space, I, you know, and, 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 and I guess we can sort of wind down the discussion on this, but I wanted to mention that space, Marvel space, kind of like DC space has always had its, you know, it's, it's, it, it's been popular in phases, you know, there's certain times when, you know, people just don't, click with the story and it kind of falls out of favor and then there's something big that happens and everyone jumps back on the space bandwagon there just has to be the right story being told so, you know the uh the ongoing silver surfer stories silver surf silver surfer books have pretty much been the only kind of spacefaring stories until the launch of guardians you know right uh, that, that kind of kept uh, that kept the store that the space stories going. You know, those are really the two books that that uh, that, that Marvel published that kind of kept the space corner of the universe uh, populated with stories. Right. You know, uh, Nova series came and went. You know, both Richard Rider and Sam Alexander, um, and combined even. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we've had uh, several iterations of Guardians now, thanks to the popularity of the movie. Um, and you know, the silver surfer had a couple series here and there. He did have that one kind of popular run, uh, uh, when, uh, slot and all reds were on it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. So we really haven't had too much Marvel space for a while. Yeah, and even with that Civil Server one, like that was the one because I think even Slot said it was like, yeah, we're just gonna like, try to touch on some new branches of space, you know, try to try to see if uh... right. He was telling, yeah, he was telling his own story, mm-hmm. but trying to tie in with everybody else, right? And with Galaxy, I mean, with Guardians, like even Guardians kind of came back home to Earth went during the Civil War too, but they went back out, you know. But still, they right. even kind of brought them back home and and sent them back out and where they are now only um al ewing knows at this point right 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 right. so you know i i, I just you know there, there's been a couple of like what they, didn't they do like an annihilation uh like they revisited the event very recently or they they put a title on something hold on i got it yes and i was trying to find that hold on i i was just sorting i just picked up my comics for uh uh the 18th the week of the 18th and the week of the 25th mm-hmm I just picked them up. Um, 
Annihilation. Annihilation Scourge. Yes. That's what it was called. Was I was just looking at the Peter Bill uh, issue that I got. Annihilation. Uh, I don't know if uh, my yeah, if I put it right in front of the camera, you could see it. I think. Yeah, you got to get him. You got to get behind it. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of that kind of works. There you go. There we go. Let's give a close up on you right there. Must yeah. All right. So Annihilation Scourge. This is kind of a a spin off, trying to to uh, play off of the popularity of the name. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there have been like kind of hit and miss. Uh, follow-up space stories, but, uh, you know, Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest, I think, are the really strong, uh, uh, the really strong stories. Yep. And, um, oh, it's worth also noting that there was a worth What If that came out in, I don't know. Yeah, there was a a What If that was basically, hey, what if uh, uh, the Annihilation Wave reached Earth during the time of Civil War? Mm. That would have been really interesting. Yeah, I I have never read it, but I'm looking at I'm seeing it here, and I was like, I maybe check Is it that out. Limit? Uh, probably. I think a lot of those are what ifs are because that was around to oh eight or something. I'm not sure when this was. Because uh, now, nah, gonna look it up because I've got Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> gonna look it up. Gonna look it up. But um, yeah, so you could do that, and let me see. Yeah, but basically, it kind of takes up where you know that part about where uh, Nova, according to reading this, um, you know, Nova was real mad about what was going on, finding out what's going on with Civil War. Um, oh. and then it, it deals with like Drax, and you know, so I think it still kind of stays. It kind of stays on the outskirts, so, so it does reach Earth, but I think it does kind of stay within the realm. Oh, what if Annihilation? I see. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so that'll probably be something else to uh, to pick up. I have something to look at. Look at that. Oh wait, wow! Annihilation Scourge was a six-issue storyline where Annihilus works with Nova. The Fantastic Four, Beta Ray Bill, and Silver Surfer to stop a different invading ar- ar- uh, army, and that was 2019. Right, that's what I was referring to. That's, yes. what the, that's what I'm holding up. I couldn't remember it because I didn't buy all the issues. Right, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. We did. Did we? We did. Okay. The, in passing, in passing. It wasn't very that was, long, that was not that long ago. <laughs> so uh, I very much don't it was remember it. passing. Definitely in passing. Yeah, and that was uh, from November, December, so yeah. But yeah, um, is there a click of the week? Of oh these man, issues? amongst these issues, yeah. there's so many great ones. Yeah, there's a lot of great issues in this. Uh, you know, in the six issues, let me see. It's an excellent question. That's an excellent, excellent Having question. Having not read Heralds of um, Galactus and not finished six, I can't rightly include either one of those although i was halfway through six so um i want to say uh what's one call i think i think the 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 issue that i think had like uh the action pack stuff Mm, like two probably four yeah because that's when drax takes out uh um 
Thanos, and you're just like, no, no, stop, no, wait, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh, uh, well, you just screwed everybody, pal. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that's what I was made to do, <laughs> and I'm like, really, dude, seriously. <laughs> Like, could you uh, have not stop for safety? Let your daughter tell you what's going on. Like, she's not right. there. You know, she's she's not gonna steal you wrong. It's true enough, man. It's true enough. That's um, hysterical. Yeah, I think, I think it's for me. I think I'm gonna go with issue four hmm. because you know it's entitled Revelation, and you know we get to see like er, like everything that is behind. You know, like all of the plans that Annihilus has, Thanos is just like, oh, so, I, you know, this is how uh, I'm going to double cross him. And then Drax kind of blows it all up sky high. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go with issue number four. Mm-hmm. And what's great about this is that it's a consistent uh, creative team with uh, Keith Giffen and Andrea DeVito on art and um, uh, color art by Laura Villari. I think she I think the three of them go through the entire six issue run. Yes. And it is it's it's wonderful to behold. Uh, yeah, actually, mm, I don't have because we forgot to do the creative teams for those other ones. But uh, I will say that Abner and Lanning, who end up doing Conquest, was had done some work on uh, some of the stuff. Oh wait, yeah, uh, they did Nova's series, right. So going to the conquest, you, you kind of, you know, you kind of get where they were going with that, I guess. But for myself, I'm thinking I am going to go with actually two. I believe. Wait, is this a two or three? Because it was uh, whenever when um, yes, when they was like, okay, they got Galactus. He's a he's a weapon now, and they got to leave the planet. And, you know, like the the two heralds that presumably die, except for only one of them came back, weirdly enough, um, right. later on. But like, hey, all this stuff's going on. They got to get out. It's basically Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> they thought they lost. Right. You know, so I think it's either two or three that it happens. It's three. Yeah. When Redshift and, 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 and Stardust, uh, whatchamacallit, are, are, are basically holding off... Um, uh, the beam from uh, from the Death Star, I mean Galactus, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and uh, what you call it, and Drax is basically on a, a suicide run to try to protect Cam, you know, to to help them escape, mm-hmm. to help Cammy and them escape, and uh, yeah, talk about a desperate, yeah, talk about a desperate uh, escape plan, right? Yeah, no, three, three. So we're that far off because you picked three and I picked four because mm. four I thought was like the issue like I said entitled revelation so right. three is like you said that's a man talk about like a like a fog of war issue desperate measures it's called right because if you're reading this at, at the time and you were like oh no what's gonna happen obviously you know we have to you know we have hindsight on our on, our, on, our, on us right now because of you know all of it being collected right now right but um yeah, like back then, I could see where you could be like, "Oh, this is this ain't looking good." <laughs> How are you gonna yeah. get out of this? So, yeah, and I kind of like that. Kind a, of yeah, I was about to say it's just such a consistently good series. So I'm very happy that uh, you're enjoying your way through, and you're actually enthusiastic about reading the next, you know, the next limited series based on this. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to read Conquest. Like I said, I don't know whether we whether we do it or whether just do it because if we still got a couple of weeks before we supposedly get churning back again with um with new comics. So, I mean, and granted, that's still going to be sliding scale because we still don't know. You know, these are projected takes. Exactly, exactly. I remember if uh, I don't know if they've adjusted uh, the announcements or the scheduling, but new comics are going to be alternating with trade paperbacks or something to try to give uh, stores time to get their feet under themselves. So right. um, we may be filling in those off weeks with uh, with, with some of these um, uh, evergreen topics. Yes. So, so anyway, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad we got to do Annihilation. I'm glad that this was something that, um, you know, as, 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 as glad as I am that I finally got to read Crisis and to finally understand what the hell produced all the insanity that has come into the DC universe since. And is still, they're still trying to fix Crisis, which is hysterical to me. You know, they're still trying to fix it. They're still recovering from it. But, you know, to see something like this where, you know, every once in a while Marvel hits it out of the park with these kind of offbeat miniseries that you don't necessarily know what to expect out of this like cosmic war thing. But it's done so well that this literal this event literally laid uh, uh, laid the groundwork for so many years of stories that they're still mining it, you know, with Annihilation Scourge in 19 in 2019. Right. So. Which, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of been Marvel's MO anyway, because we this is not the first time we have seen revisitations of, you know, of comic uh, events in the last couple of years. Some of that may have been for anniversary reasons, doubtfully, but uh, but for other reasons that they're just like, yeah, here we go. We're just going to mm-hmm. pull this mm-hmm. stuff up and, and revisit it for a second or two. Sure, sure, sure. That... But unless you got some final thoughts or anything else you want to bring up. Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it for me. I, like I said, I'm, I'm just happy, just happy <laughs> that, you know, I was happy to read this again mm-hmm. and I was happy to see, uh, that I did not overhype it. And I actually bumped on the fact that they called a truce with the annihilation army, even though they killed Annihilus. Right. You know, which is just wild to me. So, uh, you know, they're basically, you know, setting up future future stories. So I, I bumped on that because I forgot about it. So I'm glad that um, that that I that I did not remember that so that I myself am actually kind of curious to read uh, Conquest again to see, you know, how things moved forward again to kind of refresh the memory. Right. And I feel like I, I don't know this for certain, but I feel like some of this, especially with the scroll part, is probably going to play in the Secret of in- Invasion. Even mm-hmm. though supposedly that was like kind of laid out well before this or something. I'm not even sure. But I'm Remember, kind of slightly curious. Yeah, I don't need I have I know I've, I've intentionally never read uh, Secret of Invasion. Even though I was kind of curious because the books I was reading at the time was kind of, you know, leaning into it. Like uh, the Avenger stuff. So and actually, yeah. that, that's kind of worthy of a review. Oh man, breakout! We should read breakout. But anyway, that's that's we will talk about that later. Um, but yes, yeah, breakout. Like, hey. breakout when the New Avengers with uh, Luke Cage and um, um, oh after well, when they, they formed breakout from the raft. Right. Oh after, yeah, after, uh, uh, disassemble. But we probably have to do disassemble first if we we're going to do that. 
Uh, we'll get to discuss all this. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, and no, we're, yeah. Just, just, just thinking out loud while we're, while we're sitting here right now. But basically, what the, I say all that to say that, you know, this event kind of makes me want to go seek out stuff just like Conquest and other things from this. Because, yeah, the, you know, there are things that's coming out of this that's still probably being messed with. I was about to say, this is an era of comics that, you know, for better or worse, really developed this whole event thing again. You know, there was a lull in events and then there was a, a series of quality events that got everyone excited about buying, you know, buying these events again. Right. And at the same time, we started getting a glut of events around this time or after this time also. So that's right. Exactly. Great, that's but... the thing. That's the thing. You know, like you get a couple of good events. All of a sudden there's a glut because they're trying to, you know, capitalize on uh, the momentum that this that that a couple of good events really created. Mm hmm. Then we get things like Dark Rain. Uh. Yeah, and and amongst others, we don't, you know. Yeah, but that being said, yep. folks, uh, we are at the end of this here Comic Book Chronicles. We do have another ad read, though. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or trade paperbacks. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And as we come to another, um, the end of another exciting comic book chronicles, thank you for coming out. Thank you for rocking with us. Go check out if you somehow um, listened to this one and didn't check out last week's, you probably did yourself a slight disservice. But you are all more than welcome to go back and revisit that stuff if you're that kind of person that does that. Which I know I have been that person at times, so I'm not can't even bad at you. But nevertheless, companion pieces. That's all I'm saying. That then this right. keep pushing. And matter of fact, check out our other stuff because we will, while we will be back next week, you know, we did some other stuff. We did Creech Scroll Wall. We did um, we did um, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. We thought about doing another Crisis. I don't know if we're still going to do that one next week, but we'll we'll definitely let you know on social media. Um, and with that, I have been Radicat. On you can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. And also the Binal Alternative Byte B Y T E under Comic Reviews. No um, no vowels. Tim D O G G A uh, nine eight the Osiris that is ish. You can find him at that on Twitter. You can also find him at uh, uh, News Notes Need on Twitter. You can also find him at CB Cron. Uh, right now he's not at News Notes Need. That's me. You can find him at the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. Also the Click Nation dot com. Also CB Cron, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. You know. Say hey there. We'll we'll all see it at some point. I'm sure. Um, and you can also find him at Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. 
you can find Stadler and Waldorf. Waldorf. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. On my soundboard, you can also find them on the muffins. So. <laughs> Wait, what was that you did? Hey, boo! boo! <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but you can also find this here podcast on the Coastless Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. And sorry, you can also find this podcast at your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and the Coast Lizard SoundCloud page. That's the Coast Lizard Podcast SoundCloud page because we don't know if so Coast Lizard would even have one a SoundCloud page. They probably would. Dreadnoughts, they got around. Who knows? Anyway. Um, next week, folks, we stay tuned to the social medias and we will let you know what we end up uh, popping off then. Until then, it's gonna be evergreen, it's gonna be evergreen at least for a few more weeks. Yeah, we got at the very least two weeks to, to do some stuff on, so <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. We'll let you know. We'll probably be going back more than likely, we'll probably be going back to DC though. We'll Unless see, something else comes up, yeah. But until then, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind?